Charlie captured the essence of what I hope to share this morning, so we'll see. If you were listening, you'll get it twice. How's that? Let's read the portion of the Christmas story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. I was... uh, pondering the Christmas story again this year, as, as we do. And I guess the thought that had come to me was that God didn't seem bothered at all by the things that bother us when we go to make plans and do things. The fact that uh, he sent his son to an impoverished family, oftentimes we feel like if I don't have enough money to do things, I just won't get done the things I want to in life or that I need to get done and It just wasn't true in that case. He chose a a young couple. He chose an inexperienced couple, you know, where Mary had no child-raising experience. Uh, She was was blown away that she was going to be with child, and it was certainly unfamiliar to, to her as to how that would all work, but it didn't matter to God. And then with Joseph, the fact that Joseph, you know, a noble man says, in one translation, he wanted to put her away quietly. In other words, he was going to offer a divorce because he knew the child wasn't his. And yet he has this dream that says, no, this is from God, do this. So he becomes a stepdad instantly. And, you know, it's that, it's, it's not his, but at the same time, God trusts his child, with him. And you just, you know, you walk through these things one by one. You know, the, the, uh, even when it, the, the gifts of the Magi were such that it gave them enough money to get to Egypt. You know, and so they, God saw the crisis ahead, saw that he was taking care of poor people, but he still worked it out so that they would have enough to get where they needed to go. And it's interesting to me also that in some ways, you can either say he tweaked the religious establishment and the political elite when he sent the Magi by Jerusalem, or he was giving them a chance to hear, I've got something different in store. But whatever it was, is that he he was making a declaration, putting it in the open and saying, I am meeting at this place and time. You know, you look at the, the political environment and you're going, Jerusalem it was, was not much, Bethlehem was less. But you have uh, this region governed by people who weren't accepted as being uh, appropriate for the area, but they had the political power to do it in the Herods. And then the Herods had been, you know, were, were ruled over by the Romans. And so even this very story of, of Joseph having to go to Bethlehem, it was 
because he was from that city or his family were. And so they are going and registering. So they have to make a trip that they don't want to make at a time when they don't want to do it, pay taxes they don't want to pay. And, it, and still it's within God's parameters. And, and so when I, when I chew on this and I, I'm walking through that, I, I'm going, God was, first off, he's willing to reach out to a fractured world. He, he, it didn't have to be all in place and it didn't have to be put together, so to speak, for him to accomplish what he wanted to do. And that should speak to our hearts that if God desires to work through our lives and accomplish things as we believe he does, we don't have to assume that we have to get put together to a certain place before it's ever going to take place. And that's a very calming thing for me because I'm always aware of things that aren't quite right. And yet, God works in spite of that. And God wasn't intimidated by the fracture going on within society. He, he overcame dysfunction. You know, all the words that you want to put with it, he, he wasn't bothered by it. He, uh, he took, <laughs> he invested himself in the marginalized. Now, all the terms we're used to hearing were the people that he was dealing with, and it didn't bother him. He could still accomplish what he wanted to do. And so if we start to think about our own lives and say, well, we've got this family dysfunction, and, you know, we... You know, we're not really embraced by this group. We're, you know, there's a marginalization going on. And, and we don't, you know, financially we don't have things quite, you know, the way that we would desire. And it really doesn't matter if you still want to be one of God's vessels and allow him to work through you. And so regularly we tend to push aside what God has always said is not a big deal to him. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we can feel disqualified, and yet God wasn't bothered by such things. If God, then here's the other side of it, if God reached out to the dysfunctional, the marginalized, the impoverished, whatever term you want to put with it, then there ought to be a willingness in our hearts to keep giving opportunity to those that aren't quite, don't have their ducks in a row either, right? And there are times when we, when we want to throw up our hands and just say, I'm done, I'm tired of this, I, you know, and until they get themselves... Really, what we probably ought to be doing is saying, well, he's, you know, it's like, if he forgives me, I have to be willing to forgive. If he's shown love to me in my dysfunction, then I need to be willing to show love in their dysfunction. And it's just one of those things where you're just kind of caught by, if this really is the hand of God in the events this way, I mean, born in a stable, in a manger, he, he, you couldn't pick less, right? 
if they'd been home, it had been in the house. If they, but they had to travel. And if they'd had a little more money, they could have bought their way into a, a place. But they, you know, it's like at every point, you're just aware that God wasn't bothered by such things. Now, we look at it, we say, well, obviously, it was a step down for Jesus, no matter what he did. And maybe that's what's being proven to us, is that nothing that we could do in fineness would have been sufficient to take in the quality of who was coming to earth. No palace, no political correctness, no nothing that you could develop on earth would be sufficient to take God's son. And so in some ways, he was willing to say, I'll take whatever there is, and I'll make it work. And that's the beauty of what we have for ourselves, too, is that when we look at ourselves and we, you know, we start to click off the things that are wrong or things that are inappropriate or reasons why God couldn't, then we have to be willing to say, but he chose this, and I'm within those parameters. You know, I'm within the, the subset of what he says can be used and has used for centuries. So God, help us as we look through this season to acknowledge your hand, not only how you've reached out to us, but then also to be willing to reach out and to embrace those that are just as messed up as us. Thank the Lord. Thank you for your scripture. Thank you for your Christmas story that speaks life to us. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you that you reached out to the dysfunctional and marginalized and impoverished and use them in spite of themselves. Amen. Take one more shot at this. For a lot of young families, Christmas is really stressful just because of the finance and the fear that you can't give enough and can't do the right and can't. And yet, what we look at with Christ is that uh, there was nothing extra. You know, it's not about getting the absolute right toy that's going to make your kid do well. It's not about the right lessons or the right clubs or the right training. You know, it, all of that is wonderful benefit, but it's, it's not the key to life. And I guess we're reminded of that again in this scripture. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they truly have joy through this Christmas season, recognizing the wonder of what you've done. I ask as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. Amen. God bless you.